Welcome to On Air, the CFM podcast. For over 50 years, CFM Distributors has been your leading HVACR wholesale distributor in the Midwest. In this HVACR podcast, you'll hear from employee owners of CFM Distributors who will provide you with stories, experiences, resources, and ideas to better your business. You can find more information and episodes on our website at cfmdistributors.com or email us at info at cfmkc.com. Podcasting from a seven-story brick building in the heart of the West Bottoms. I'm Pat Thomas. Welcome to CFM's On Air. Uh, today we'll be talking a little bit about refrigeration, and I will have a guest from Heatcraft Worldwide Refrigeration, Mr. Joe Duncan. Uh, first off, I'm going to kind of give you a little interesting factoid, which is kind of neat. Uh, the bobblehead originated from string dolls in Japan and China, and the actual first bobblehead was made in Germany. So with refrigeration condensing its sales this month, let me know if you would like to have your own personalized bobblehead or your Pat Thomas bobblehead where you can force your enemies, impress your friends, or get rid of unwanted insects or pests. Pat Thomas bobblehead. There we go. A lot of changes in the refrigeration coming up, and I want to let anybody know about that. Uh, the Department of Energy has got new DOE 2020 uh, legislation, which kind of changes the market a little bit of how we're designing the equipment, how we're selecting the equipment, and, and uh, what's going to happen in the future. And I've got Mr. Joe Duncan from Heatcraft. We'll kind of talk about that a little bit. Joe, welcome to On Air with CFM. And uh, I'd like to get your input and tell us a little bit what's going on with the new DOE 2020 and how it impacts, you know, the contractor, the wholesaler, which is me, which is a little bit more contractor related and what I'm going to pass on to people so they know what they're looking at. So I know we've got uh, new changes right now with the way the condensants are coming out. So what's going on there? Yeah, Pat. So I, thanks again for having me on today. Uh, this is my first opportunity to do something like this. This is really cool. I, I spend a lot of time in the car and have podcasts on pretty much all the time. So that to be a part of one is really, really cool. But to go ahead and jump in, uh, yeah, so a lot has changed. And you know, the joke that's been going around heat craft is this is the biggest change in refrigeration since ice. Um, we really are seeing uh, complete product changes in terms of our air cool condensing units, our unit coolers, and then our package units. So it's really easy, easier to say what's, what is affected versus what's not. Uh, in terms of what is going to be affected, any walk-in cooler and freezer up to 3,000 square feet, um, the equipment used in that, that's going to include your panels. Uh, supermarket systems in those capacities under 3,000 square feet, that's also going to be affected. So each and every job that our, that our contractors are walking onto, they have to now ask themselves the question, is this job regulated by the Department of Energy? Um, and some of the tools we've put together to help you with that, um, if you go to heatcraftrpd.com slash regulatory, you will see all the key dates, all the key products. Uh, we have some tools to convert an old model. We have a cross-reference tool. Let's say you have an old uh, BZT-010 uh, unit in the field. You want to cross that over, see what the new DOE-compliant model is. Uh, the tool's going to allow you to do that to, to help you be a little bit more prepared. But yeah, it's been uh, it's been a pretty big change, Pat. What uh, what are you seeing so far out in the field in terms of, of applications that need to, that are going to come under DOE? I mean, that's, that's pretty much everything, right? Well, it, you know, and we do have uh, legacy units that we're still 
have the uh, you know the ability to sell. It's still legal to sell the units that were made prior to January 1st, 2020, and want everybody to know that. So that's not that's not going to be a problem. And quite honestly, that's something we have a little bit of an advantage on. Uh, we do have a lot of stock on that, and but as we run out of that stock, we go to these newer models and. Uh, a lot of people, there, there's there's a lot of gray area there, and that's that's why I'm glad that you're on with us. Is try to clear up some of the things, maybe even some misconceptions out there of what's going on and what you can and can't do. Uh, but right now, it seems like it's more of a manufacturer type of a mandate to where if you're building a unit and you're building it from the start date of January 1st, 2020 on you've got to meet these new energy requirements. And if somebody's buying a unit, um, you know, it, it can be made prior to this January 1st, 2020, correct? I mean, am I reading that correctly? Absolutely. No, you got that right. Uh, yeah, if you're looking at a, if it's a 19 serial number and it's a condensing unit, it is going to be you know, effectively grandfathered in. It was built right. in compliance with the laws at the time. So the changeover would have been January 1, 2020 for, for our uh, medium temp air cool condensing units changeover date that's upon us is going to be the July 10th date, which is going to affect the that's going to affect the low side. It's going to affect your unit coolers from the from the low profiles to the center mounts, the medium profiles, all the way up to the really big large unit coolers. Um, so there's there's a lot of change. There's a lot happening, and we're taking a lot really job by job. Uh, you made a really good point, Pat. That that's a you know what we're calling the, the legacy stock, which is going to be equipment manufactured pre DOE. Having that in inventory is going to be great uh, because it's going to get you, you know, you're going to be compliant, number one. It's going to be the equipment that you've always been familiar with. Uh, on the condensing unit side, we did make some serviceability changes for the new models that we think everybody's going to like. We raised the base valves just a little bit. We saw those get damaged in transit, and we also saw those as difficult to work on in the field just with how low they are. Uh, we've increased the size of the electrical box and we put a hinge panel on it so no matter what electrical accessories you need with your unit they're all going to fit in that one box and i think that's going to be really really helpful in the field so this, this is kind of our opportunity to, to look at a product line that hadn't really changed significantly in the last well, 15 20 years uh, and to really think about hey what's the feedback we've got from the field how do we make this more serviceable how do we make this better for our installers while also hitting the minimum seated for what we're calling the AWIF requirements by DOE, the annual walk-in efficiency factor. Uh, uh, that's that is going to be a 7.6 rate. Yeah, that, that's something that a lot of people don't don't realize now. We're kind of getting regulated as far as efficiency factors in our side of the industry. I mean, we're all familiar with it for the heat pumps and the air conditioners and and now the fan efficiency regulation for, for furnaces and and what they have to meet for their motor efficiency there. But what we have now in refrigeration is we've got the AWEF, which is annual walk-in energy factor. And that's something that Heatcraft's going to show is, is, you know, when they sell us a unit, we're going to have this number that's going to basically say that we meet that Department of Energy criteria. And that's something that we're doing uh, across the line and and will we have AWEF numbers on the evaporators as they do the change too is that something that's going to come up that we need to look at as well so it's something we're going to have to keep an eye on right now the the minimum on medium temperature condensing units is a 7.6 AWEF rating that's all we're publishing right now um, even though okay. the test equipment may exceed that I can see this getting more sophisticated as years go by and it being more like an IER or EER where 
we are looking at a, at a balanced capacity between the indoor unit and the outdoor unit. Uh, and we're also also looking at jobs and, and customers to say, hey, I want the highest efficiency I can possibly get. So I, I don't want any of the things that are, you know, I want to get the nine new whip or whatever the case may be, what's, what's technically possible. So we may see that change going forward for now. As a manufacturer, we thought we were better off to, to, to meet the minimum. And then if we exceed it, great. Uh, because you don't want to go in reverse. If you <laughs> if you say you're a seven, if you say you're an eight, and you're actually a seven point eight, well, even though you're above seven six, your equipment's not compliant because you published a false rating. So that gotcha. would be that's a challenge for manufacturers, and that's something that we've done at Heatcraft. We actually built the DOE lab in our facility to benchmark and test all of our equipment to ensure that we're going to meet the standards we have. And it is certified by DOE. We, we basically replicated what they built. So we could do this in-house to, to ensure that, number one, we're meeting the requirements and we can verify it on our own, but to also, you know, be able to test and, and just kind of see what, what we can get out of our equipment. And, and you know, a lot of the answers to, to DOE has been stretch the coil and use more efficient motors. That's that's kind of been how we've seen the increase. So that's going to be the trend going forward on the air condensers. Uh, or on, I'm sorry, on the uh, on all the compressorized products, the air-cooled condensers, uh, and then the unit coolers as well, once we make that change. Now, we're still a little ways off on that in terms of you're actually going to see products in the field. Even the condensing units, you know, you guys did a fantastic job at CFM of, of you know, looking out for your contractors and, and getting equipment on the front end to ensure that you had product that they were familiar with in inventory and that we could kind of put off the change as long as possible. Uh, so we're actually still seeing a lot of the legacy product out there, even though we haven't been building it in our factory since the first of the year. And now we're right. seeing similar trend on the on the unit coolers. Right. Well, I I'm just so everybody knows uh, a lot of this information um, for the DOE 2020 updates. Heatcraft has got a great website uh, app here. They also have you know, a lot of links here to a lot of the information that we need to know. Uh, if you have questions about what's going on, how does it affect you, on heatcraftrpd.com. So we've got an actual cross-reference tool, important references, uh, information on the regulations, you know, who needs to worry about what. Uh, and there is even a phone app I think we've got now, the Heatcraft cross-reference, which will take, I think, some of the legacy product into the newer units. Is that correct, Joe? Yeah, absolutely, Pat. So, so two things I really want to plug in terms of, of tools that we've created for for ourselves, for distributors, for contractors, and then for end users too, especially the website. So if you're a contractor, you're on a job site, you're talking about DOE, your end user has no idea what DOE is, it's not a bad idea to send them to that heatcraftrpd.com slash regulatory website because that has, it's got videos, it has links to the actual DOE legal document. If you're working with a large entity and they have a legal team, then they want to review that themselves. Uh, but it's going to be a great tool that anyone can use. Now, the app is something we're really, really proud of. That is, we really did design that for to be used in the field by contractors, by the guys that are actually on site making the change. Number one, it's got a cross-reference tool. You'll be able to plug in the old model number on a, you know, on a replacement job, convert over to a new one instantly. You'll be able to – it has a pressure, uh, PT chart on there, which is going to be pretty helpful as we're going to see head pressure changes on our low-temp and medium-temp equipment. And we may want to look at different solutions than we have in the past, where maybe we had just, you know, let's say we had a condenser and an evaporator, where maybe in the past we would have just changed the condenser, left the TXV, left the unit cooler alone. Well, now with the head pressure change, we may run into feeding issues in our colder months. So the better solution 
or at least something to, to brief your customer on. Hey, maybe we should replace that unit cooler. Maybe we should put in something with an electronic expansion valve. So that way, we're going to be covered for the head pressure change in our condensing unit. We're not going to be back in six months dealing with feeding issues. So definitely something that for them to mention. And even if the customer doesn't buy it right away, they're still going to remember that when they do when they do have to make that call and get their contractor back out in six months and they get that, I told you so. So it's going to position the, the contractor to look really, really smart to, to, to predict the future a little bit, uh, but it's really just a PT chart. <laughs> so it, it'll position those guys really well to um, – uh, to have those conversations with our customer. It will be up to us, uh, the manufacturers, the wholesalers, the contractors, to educate end users about you know, what their role is and, and what the fines can be. And they can be significant if you're found to be uh, non-compliant with DOE uh, in well, terms of how it's going to be enforced. Agreed. I sure don't want to be the guy that I sure don't want to be the guy that gets caught, and I don't think anybody else does either. No, no. And plus, you know, uh, you know, I, I think we all want to be ahead of the game and educate the end users that are putting a lot of money and and a lot of time and and an investment into equipment that they want to be able to have a long-term refrigerant that they're going to be able to to actually ex have access to that's not going to be an exorbitant price. We want to have equipment that is very energy efficient. We know we've got EC motors and evaporators now. We've got different head pressure uh, control devices that make our systems more efficient. And the other things are we've got these new Intelligen, uh, which has taken over for the quick response controller, where we've got electronic boards, electronic expansion valves, very efficient systems with control and also with logging capability or remote access refrigeration control capability to phones and laptops or building management systems as as we start, you know, trying to, to move refrigeration in, into this century. So good information. <laughs> Uh, we've got good regulatory update information, new model search, which gives you complete AWEF information on the website. Uh, looks like we've got a quick box load calculator coming soon to where we'll, I'm, I'm assuming that's for contractors to be able to get on the website and kind of look at, uh, you know, box loads and be able to figure sizing on, on certain things as well. Am I correct on that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that is a coming feature, and that is going to be kind of one of the crown jewels of the app is where you'll actually be able to pull that app out in the field. And for, for a basic you know, basic walking coolers and freezers, you'll be able to put in the, the dimensional data, the box load data, and, and make an equipment selection based on that. So it'll, it'll really give the contractors every tool they can possibly have to, to get the job done as fast as possible. We all know that if they already know what they want when they call in, it's going to go that much quicker. And we already know that, you know, Time is money in refrigeration. So that is correct. We do to speed things up. We're 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 all about it. So we definitely want to you know let everyone know that hey we're we're your partner in this. We want to help you out um, in terms of determining whether the equipment is going to be DOE compliant. We can absolutely help with that. But in terms of determining whether the application is going to fall under DOE, it's really going to have to be field determined. So we really want to make the contractors aware of what the regulations are and. You know, obviously, if it's if it is 3,000 square feet or under, or it's over, you, you know you're exempt and you know you're good to go. But if you're under that 3,000 mark, then you really have to start digging in. Well, what are we storing here? Is there any sort of because there are exemptions for for medical and for pharmaceutical. So it does get it does get a little dicey. So I, I do encourage everybody to spend at least 15 or 20 minutes on that regulatory side, uh, study just a little bit, make yourself aware so that you can have those conversations and. and your end user towards a solution that's not only going to work for them, but, but keep them compliant with the law. Well, that sounds great. Well, that's good information. Again, my guest today on CFM On Air 
is Mr. Joe Duncan, and my name is Pat Thomas. I'm the Director of Refrigeration here for CFM Distributors. Joe, I wanted to thank you for that information. We look forward to doing some more podcasts, and, and if you're willing and able, we'd love to have you back on. Well, wealth of knowledge and much appreciated, sir. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening today. You can tune in each Friday right here for new episodes. If you'd like more information, visit CFM's website at cfmdistributors.com or email us at info at cfmkc.com.